Hello, everyone, and welcome to BibleQuest.org, the Tuesday edition. We're glad you're able to join us today on this Tuesday afternoon. Uh, we hope that you will join us by texting in your comments or questions. If you're coming in on the Zoom app, please be sure to use your uh, Q&A box or your chat box, chat window area, and click away and just give us your comments and questions. If you're coming in on uh, Je uh, Scott's um, Facebook page, use the comments there below the video, and we'll be monitoring all of your comments. Really glad you're able to join us, and we're about to get started. Let me bring in the panelists. I'm Drew, your host, and we have Scott Smeltzer, our program director. Hi, Scott. Hey, Drew. Good to see you, sir. And we have Jonathan, who did we come up with a title yet? Let's see, Web. What was that? What was that title we came back last week from you, Jonathan? How about Webmeister Meister Weber? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, nice and nice and professional. Right, nice and nice professional. And, yeah, right. good to see you, Jonathan. And are you getting a little bit more sleep this week? Uh, it's starting to even out a little bit. A little bit. Okay. So e even out's yeah. the key word there. Well, yeah. mm -hmm. really, really glad where everyone's here with us, uh, with uh, joining us today. And why don't we just go ahead and right into it, unless I forgot something. Did I forget anything, Scott? I don't think so. So go ahead, Scott. Where are we going today on our discussion? All right. We are going to be going to the city of Laodicea. So this is modern-day Turkey. And uh, if you know where it is, you know where it is. If not, let's just remind you. Uh, here's Antioch of Syria, right over here, where Paul went out for the missionary journeys from. And down south of here, off of this map, you would have Galilee, and then down below that, Jerusalem. Over here uh, to the west would be Greece, and then to the west of that would be the boot of Italy and Rome. Uh, Turkey is the area where Paul spent, a, well, modern day we call it Turkey, where Paul did a lot of his work in the missionary journeys, especially the first one, but also second and third. And Laodicea is a city that Paul did not go to. And it is right here. Um, it's not very far from Colossae. Um, but here it is right there, Laodicea. And we're gonna be talking about the epistles to the Laodiceans. We're gonna start with this one. Colossians 4.16, at the end of the book of Colossians, we have this interesting statement. When this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans, and see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. So from this verse, we know what. Paul apparently wrote a letter to the Christians in Laodicea. Yeah, yeah. And it's near Colossae, and he wants the Colossians and the Laodiceans to share their letter. And so that's what we're going to be talking about, the epistle to the Laodiceans. Did you say how close, as far as miles, they were apart, the cities, these towns? It's not very far. I can't remember right now. I may have it here on my slides, mm -hmm. but I'm thinking it's less than 10 miles apart. Oh, that's fairly close then, yeah. Yeah, but I, I could have that wrong if one of you wants to be looking that up. So we're going to talk about the epistle to the Laodiceans, and we can actually make it the epistles to the Laodiceans 
Because in Revelation chapter three, remember the letters to the seven churches? Mm. Which, what was the last of those seven letters? Write this to the church in Laodicea. Yeah, now that is not the letter that Paul is referring to in Colossians four. Paul's referring to a letter that he wrote. Revelation is uh, John's giving the message from the Lord there to Laodicea. But we're talking about these two epistles. And also, wasn't the letter the much the letter that John wrote much later than the letter that Paul wrote? Yes, it would have been later. Uh, depending on when you date Revelation, if you date it um, in say maybe the early seventies, it would maybe ten years later. Uh, if you date Revelation in the 90s, then a good bit later. So starting off with this one here, when this letter has been read among you, have it read also in the church of Laodiceans, see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. That's Paul to the Colossians. We're going to review three possibilities. Possibility number one, there is a document called Paul, you know, basically it's supposed to be Paul's letter to the Laodiceans in Latin. The oldest manuscript we have of it is, I think, from about the 5th century or the 500s, one of the two. Um, and, uh, of course, 5th century would be the 400s, 6th century would be the 500s. And we've got that in Latin, and it's called Epistola ad Laodiceensis, Epistle to the Laodiceans. Is that Paul's letter to the Laodiceans. Possibility number two, it's not extant. In other words, we no longer have it. Uh, do you suppose that we have every letter Paul ever wrote? I, no. I wouldn't think so. Right, right. And this may be one of the letters that Paul wrote that we don't have and don't have to have. There's one other possibility. There's the possibility that we already have this letter, but under a different name. So those are the three possibilities we're going to be looking at. Is it that Latin document that claims to be Paul's letter to the Laodiceans? Um, is it a letter we no longer have? Or is it a letter we have under a different name? Well, I'll tell you what, I know we, we definitely, we know that one letter under another name is not it, and that's the letter to the Colossians. Oh, they're very good, yeah. It <laughs> couldn't be it. That, that can't be it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, excellent. I like that. All right. Uh, we're going to rule out number one, and you'll see why in a minute. Uh, it may be number two, or it may be number three. And I'll be presenting evidence that it may be number three, but it, it may not be. It could be number two. Let's but see I if anybody in the audience has any input on that. Use your text box when those come up and tell us what you think it might be. Yes, that would be interesting. If anybody in the audience, if you have any thoughts on this epistle to the Laodiceans, uh, we'd like to hear your thoughts, your questions. But first, let's see why I'm saying we should rule out possibility number two. And that's going to leave two other possibilities. I believe it's one of these two. Uh, I lean a little bit towards one of them over the other one, but it's not certain. But I think we can rule out number one. And uh, so it's maybe number two, and it's maybe number three. All right. Uh, on the idea that uh, we don't have it any longer, um, bear in mind the issue is not 
did Jesus and his apostles and prophets say and do things we don't have a record of? Because what is the answer to that? Did Jesus and did Jesus's apostles say or do anything that we do not have a record of? John said that we have yeah. a lot of things that we don't have a record of with regards to Jesus. Right. John chapter 20, verse 30. After talking about a number of signs he did, John says, now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. And I don't think that that means we should say, oh, but they're all recorded in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, uh, they're not all. The in fact, sometimes you have very general statements in Matthew or Luke. And what are some of those general statements about Jesus's miracles? He healed many that were brought to him. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we don't know their names. We don't know their ailments, et cetera, et cetera. It just, just summed up very broadly, but obviously we don't have details. Also, Look at this reference to Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost. Uh, Luke gives us a good bit of the sermon, but then what does verse 40 say? Many other he words. spoke to them with many other words. Yeah. Uh, do we have to have those words? No. Luke just sums up with many other words. He bore witness and, and exhorted them. And in the letter we call 1 Corinthians, we find out that it's not 1 Corinthians. Because in <laughs> chapter 5, what does Paul say? He refers to a letter that he wrote before he wrote the letter that we call First Corinthians. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, Jesus and the apostles would have, we don't have every sermon that they have recorded. In fact, think of Paul's sermons. Um, in Acts 13, we have a recording of a sermon by Paul at Antioch of Pisidia, early in the first missionary journey. Uh, after that, It'll say he preached at Thessalonica. He preached at um, Berea. He preached at Corinth. He preached at Ephesus. Does it go through and give all those sermons? Nope. And would you imagine that he would say some things rather similar in those synagogues to what he said at the earlier synagogue? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we all three teach a lot of Bible classes, right? Yep. If somebody was going to write a book of all the Bible classes we ever taught, do we need them to, it, how many times do you and I end up teaching the same thing at a different class? Yeah. yeah sometimes it gets pretty confusing. I'll be, I think I'm going through acts with maybe four different people right now and I always forget where we're at and what study. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it, the, the, nobody certainly has to have everything we said but we don't have to have everything Paul said either. We've got an example of his synagogue sermons and we've got an example of his Gentile sermon. In so, 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 so Scott, when did Paul name this letter here? First Corinthians. Paul didn't name it. First Corinthians. So, <laughs> I, I, I was so want to know where you're going on that. <laughs> that's kind of like the old like, here. Let me sell you this, this genuine uh, World War One medal. It says right here, you know, you were awarded, you know, this medal. Uh, it's the year it's 1917, you know, greatest soldier in the war in World War One. Okay, how do you know that that's a fake medal? Because how would they know it was just number one? <laughs> Did yeah. they know World War Two is coming up soon? <laughs> yeah, during World War One, nobody called it 
World no, War One. No, no. no, I think they, they called it the Great War, right? The Great. That's right. They called it the Great War. Yeah. Then, when Hitler <laughs> and Mussolini and, and and Japan got into it, then we started calling the other one kind of like a junior and a senior. So we really don't know when this was. Do we know when this was named? Because we it was named by uninspired men. The name would have come later. Yeah. Yeah. All of these letters are like that. So um, the 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 I don't know when somebody first called first Corinthians first Corinthians, but when he wrote it, it wouldn't have said first Corinthians. Now I don't uh, mean to nitpick here, Scott, but didn't he name the letter to the Laodiceans? He described it as the letter to the Laodiceans. Right. Yeah. Okay. The um, way we describe these letters. Yeah, and and here's another way to think about it. How many times have you known somebody and their name was such and such junior? Mm. And then the father's name was so-and-so senior. Was he named that when he was a child? Like Jonathan, you just had a baby boy. Might mm. he someday name his son after himself? He might. But did you mm. name Ray, Ray <laughs> Sadler Senior? No. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's proceed. Uh, we have non-extant texts that are cited in the Old Testament. There's a reference to the book of Jasher, the book of the wars of the Lord, uh, the records of the seer Gad, the visions of the seer Edo. Is it not written in the books of the Acts of Solomon? So there are, there are references to writings, even in the Old Testament. And so would it be very strange if in the New Testament there's a reference to a writing that we don't have? Uh, it, would, no. it would fit. Yeah, so it certainly could be that Paul wrote this letter, like he wrote a previous letter to Corinth, and we don't have to have that, and we don't have that. Certainly a possibility. All right. Um, do you suppose Paul ever wrote to the Bereans? Oh, I bet he did. Boy. Yeah, about to Antioch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I would suspect he did. Uh, maybe Barnabas. Barnabas, he was from Cyprus. Do you ever suppose he might have written a letter back to the? Yeah, I suppose he might have, but we don't have to have those. Uh, sermons from the other apostles. Mm -hmm. Peter's. <laughs> we got Peter, we got uh, John. There's a lot of other apostles. <laughs> Do we have all their sermons? No. Nope. Yeah, yeah. In fact, somebody, some people pointed out that when we call the books the Acts of the Apostles, a better name would be some of the Acts of some of the Apostles. All right. <laughs> now, if somebody followed Thomas around, it could have been a very different book as far as locations and such. All right. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you going to go? Oh, you are going to go back to item one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we will go back to item one now. Uh, and show why I X that out is a possibility. So um, item number one, this Gosh. is uh, an introduction to it uh, from uh, the, the book about pseudepigrapha. Pseudepigrapha, what does pseudepigrapha mean, by the way? False writings? False writings, yeah. So there's uh, uh, M.R. James it, it published a, a lot of these false writings. And here's the introduction to, the, to this one. Um, it exists only in Latin. The oldest copy is in the Fulda manuscript written for Victor of Capua in 546. So that would be 6th 
century AD. It's mentioned by various writers from the fourth century onwards, notably by Gregory the Great, to whose influence may ultimately be due to the frequent occurrence of its Bibles written in England. It's commoner in English manuscripts and others. As will be seen, it is wholly uninteresting and was merely written to justify or explain St. Paul's mention of the letter from Laodicea. In other words, that reference there in Colossians 4 it left a string hanging and somebody decided to tie something to it. Uh, it's not easy to imagine a more feebly constructed cento of Pauline phrases. Um, this is a fellow describing it, uh, Professor uh, Knopf and Kruger. It's nothing other than a worthless patching together of canonical Pauline passages and phrases, mostly from Philippians. So anytime you've got something real, you can have people want to make a counterfeit. So I used to deal in Coca-Cola signs, and I've, I've got some Coca-Cola signs. And the one on the right is real. That would be a very expensive sign. That's, that's easily more than $1,000 for that sign, well more than that. Uh, the sign on the left is fake. Why did, oh, excuse me, the one on the left is real, the one on the right is fake. Uh, no, okay, yeah, um, I've got the words right there. I should, maybe this is why I don't deal with Coca-Cola signs anymore. <laughs> you bought a bad one, did you? <laughs> uh, no, no, mine's, mine's good. I'm just, I'm, I'm just confused here on my chart. I just copied That's this right. off you. That's right. So, uh, why do people make counterfeits? In order to make more money off of something. Yeah, that's often the motive to make more money. And with writing, sometimes it's to get, you know, a writing spread or different things. Uh, and, you know, people will publish fake things on social media today. They'll make up something fake and then see how many people will copy it or whatever. Um, but here, here's the differences between them. There's certain marks about the real one that enables you to tell in the fake one. Same with counterfeit money. You know, a counterfeit $100 bill looks, it's made to look like it, but there's going to be some differences. So here is the counterfeit epistle to Laodiceans. Paul, an apostle, not of men, nor by man, but by Jesus Christ. Where was that borrowed from? Galatians? Yeah. Paul always introduced himself as apostle. Only to the Galatians does he say, not of man, because... He was being attacked along that line. Mm -hmm. Grace to you and peace. I'm not going to take time to read the whole thing, but that's from Galatians 1. That's from 1 Timothy 1, the vain talkings. That's from 2 Timothy 4. That's from Galatians 1. That's from Philippians 1. That's from Philippians 2. That's from Philippians 1. Philippians 1. Philippians 2. Philippians 1 and 2. Both, both have that. Uh, Philippians 2. Uh, Timothy and Titus, uh, Philippians 4, Philippians 4, Colossians 4. And of, course, of course, it ends with, cause this epistle to be read unto them of Colossae and the epistle of Colossians to be read among you. Uh, I, I've, got, I've, go got ahead. A, I've got a question. So Paul has, in some of his letters, repeated himself once or yeah. twice. Yes. And that, that, there's nothing wrong with that. But do we have any of his letters where he repeats himself this many times in the first 20 verses? And without a more general point being made. Right, so like right. So a lot of this is from Philippians, but Philippians, there's a 
there's a background and reasons why he's writing this and you can see it developed and stuff. Galatians, there's reasons, you know, you can see a reason for the letter. Whereas this is just, mm -hmm. you don't have a, a systematic presentation. It's just, um, you know, it's just kind of patched together. Any questions on that? All right, let's proceed. Jerome, who wrote the Latin Vulgate translation, said in the fourth century, it is rejected by everyone. So apparently it existed before the copy that we have, but Jerome said everybody rejects it. So everybody knew it's better. Um, and the Muratorian fragment uh, mentions this. Um, it, after mentioning various uh, biblical letters, it says there is also an epistle there's current also an epistle to the Laodiceans forged in Paul's name. And so early on, it, it's understood that's not real. All right, so that one we can rule out, all right? And we've already talked about the possibility that it's no longer existent. That's certainly a possibility. But now let's take a look at this. Maybe we already have this letter, but under a different name. Now, remember, we've already talked about when Paul wrote 1 Corinthians, it didn't say 1 Corinthians. Uh, the titles, um, let's take a look at this, for example. Uh, Drew, Jonathan, who would you say wrote the book of Hebrews? And you might agree, you might disagree, but Drew, you say Paul? No, no, I didn't say Paul, but I would think that Paul had some influence on it because it has his kind of terminology. And, but you um, wouldn't say the author is Paul. No, I would John, not. No, he penned. I wouldn't say he penned it. I don't. I'm not a, a scholar on these things, but I I read John, about John, it. Any thoughts? Um, I could be convinced easily either way, but I'm kind of maybe tied between Apollos and Barnabas. Okay, and the point is, we don't know wrote the book of Hebrews because it doesn't say, right? It, it's it says it's. He starts addressing them, but he doesn't identify himself by name. So we can have guesses, but we don't know. But guess what the King James Bible said in the title? Mm. The Epistle of Paul. Now, does that mean, yeah, does that mean it's written by Paul? Uh, I don't think it's written by Paul because in chapter two, he said, we, he talks about how we received it from the ones who were the witnesses. Does that sound like Paul when you think about what Paul said in Galatians 1? No. Yeah, yeah. So the title put on a book is not automatically the title to go with. For example, in the Old Testament, what are some of the names for the book Song of Solomon? Song of Songs, Canticles, Canticle of Canticles, etc. Um, so a book can have more than one name. Now, Reasons why Ephesians was probably not to the Ephesians. Oh. I believe that the book of Ephesians might be the epistle to the Laodiceans. And one of the reasons is because I don't believe it was specifically to the Ephesians. And here's why. And let's see what time we have because I've been going slow. Sorry. All right. So here's some reasons why Ephesians was probably not written to the Ephesians. You mean directly? Uh, you mean directly first time, right? Because right. eventually everyone started getting these letters. They they get spread out and they get yeah. distributed, you know, among everybody. But I'm talking about the original audience. 
Yes. Right. Okay. Point number one, remember that titles are not definitive, like the title that has been attached to Hebrews. Also, the only reference in the book of Ephesians to Ephesus is in verse one, where it says at Ephesus. That's the only reference. Now, if that's original, then that's enough, right? Mm -hmm. Th that's enough. Yep. But it is exactly at that text that the oldest and best manuscripts of Ephesians do not contain the words at Ephesus in their unrevised form. Later editors, like in Codex Sinaiticus, later somebody goes in and adds the word Ephesus, but the original document didn't say Ephesus. I didn't know so that. Papyri 46 from 200 AD doesn't say at Ephesus. The original hand of Codex Sinaiticus doesn't say at Ephesus. Codex Vaticanus doesn't say at Ephesus. So let's review our point so far. Titles are not definitive. At Ephesus is the only reference to Ephesus in the book of Ephesians. And it is exactly there that the oldest manuscripts don't say at Ephesus. This is Codex Sinaiticus. And here you have Paul, the apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. And here it says to those in Ephesus, that's the general uh, text. But in this manuscript, it doesn't have it. Let's change it to English letters. Paulus, Apostolus of Christu, Jesus, uh, through the will of God, etc. In it talks about the saints, uh, the Hagios in Ephesus. Uh, and we'll put that into English. Paul, Apostle of Christ through the will of God. Um, and talks about the holy, the saints, which are in Ephesus. But when we start going through and lining them up, you can see the different words there. See, there's the word Paulus, and there's the word apostolos, and there's the word Christu. It's an abbreviation for it, etc. But Ephesus is not there. Everything else is there till you get to the words at Ephesus, and it is not there. Except you can see later what did a scribe do later. He added. Oh, he put it in a column. Mm -hmm. Yeah, over there at the side. Uh, and so here's P46 also. Um, and same thing. Uh, it's you go through and it's not there. Now that doesn't mean at the time of P46 they didn't believe it was written to Ephesus because look in the title. Cross. There we go. Mm -hmm. Ephesus. But that to, wasn't put there by Paul. That's that's a title attached to it. But in the text, it's not there. So we learned from P46 that early on, around the year 200, you know, for example, it was assumed to be to Ephesus, but it's not in the text. So let, let me just clarify. So what you're saying is, what my version here, I have the ESV, it says to the saints who are in Ephesus, that's there because it was in the column on, the, on that well, slide you later, showed me? later manuscripts have it. Okay, okay. So lots of later manuscripts have it. I'm showing you three of the earliest manuscripts and they don't. Now look in your ESV. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, I'm that, when, I, when you say they have it, did they have it in the actual text manuscript yes, written yes. or in just the column? Or just the in column? Later, in later manuscripts, it's in the text. Okay, got it. In yeah. the oldest manuscripts, it wasn't in the text at all, but in Sinaiticus, later somebody went in and added it in. Okay. Now look in your ESV and you'll have a footnote there telling you all about this. 
So look mm -hmm. at your ESV and look yeah. where it says at Ephesus. What does your footnote say? It says some manuscripts, saints who are faithful omitting in Ephesus. They have saints who are faithful, but not the word or the name Ephesus. Interesting. Right. Okay. All right. So now let's proceed. Now we haven't proved anything yet, except no. that in the oldest manuscripts, Ephesus doesn't say within the text that it's to Ephesus. Okay. That's all we've established so far. But okay. we're about to establish a lot more. Number three, in sharp contrast with Galatians, Philippians, Thessalonians, and Corinthians, there are no references in Ephesians to the time Paul spent with them. In spite of the fact that Paul spent more time in Ephesus than any of the other cities. That is very interesting. So Paul spent how long in Corinth? Year and a half. Year and a half. When you read Corinthians, does he talk about the time he spent with them? Yeah. Yeah. He mentions that he baptized a few of them in chapter one. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, when I was with you, I was with fear and trembling. My speech was, you know, not in words of wisdom and such. And he talks about um, how he didn't take money from them. And he talks about, uh, you know, he says, remember what I taught you and stuff. Lots of no, numerous personal references. Uh, Paul didn't spend maybe that much time in Philippi, but when he writes to the Philippians, does he have some personal notes there? Yeah, remember yeah, the suffering that you saw in me. Um, how about Galatians? In the book of Galatians, oh, yeah. does he references any of the time he was with them? Yeah, because he talks about them falling away, going to another gospel, and what you heard from me from the beginning, and he, so he makes it personal and thinks he personally taught them. Yeah, and he said, that which was in my flesh that you could have rejected, you didn't reject, and you would have plucked out your eyes for me. You know, right. when Paul is talking to people that he spent time with, he refers to those things. Now, stop and think about the letter uh, that we call Ephesians. Is there any personal reference in there? How do you mention it? I don't recall any. There's uh, uh, there, actually a lot of there's actually a lot of generic stuff in there. Yes, a lot of generic stuff in there. And what letter is it similar to? The letter to the Colossians. Which is a lot of general stuff, generic. general truths. Here's what God did. Here's how we should live. Well, wait a minute. He spent a lot also... of time in Ephesus. So didn't, didn't he? he Spend three over three years in Ephesus. He, he said, uh, at least the way they count time. He said, I spent three years there. If you look in Acts, it might be two and a half, but they tended to round up. Right. So two and a half to three years in Ephesus. So if he's writing to the Ephesians, wouldn't you expect that there would be some personal references? I would think so. In fact, think of a time where we know for sure he was talking to the Ephesians. In Acts twenty, we have mm -hmm. his address to the Ephesian elders. Does he, make right. any, does he make any personal reference there to the time he spent with them? In, yeah. Ephes, in the book, Ephesians? In Acts. In Acts. Oh, yeah. No. yeah. What are some of the things he said? He talks about how he was with them night and day, and he didn't shrink from declaring to them the whole counsel of God and different things like that. They yeah. shared, didn't he yeah. say they shared tears? He talked about his tears, yeah, and he says, you know my, he talks about, you know how I, I didn't do this and that, mm. and he said, I was with you for three years. So when he's talking to Ephesians, of course he's talking about those things. 
And there was a lot of interesting things that happened at Ephesus. You know, there was the book burning, there was the riot, different things. Oh, yeah. But in, in the book that we call Ephesians, there's nothing of that. So let's take a look at this. I'm going to speed up now here. That's a very strong point, Scott. Very good. I, I didn't realize that. Jonathan. Yeah, there are a couple of comments that came in. Um, Holly uh, mentioned one thing that I think we're going to get to in just a second. But in Ephesians, there are phrases like, uh, I have heard of your faith instead of I know your faith or assuming that you have heard uh, about the, the will of Christ and things like that. It wouldn't be an assumption if Paul actually taught them face to face, like in his letter to the Galatians. Um, so thanks for that, Holly. And then also Jack uh, asked a question. Um, he said, you might get to this later, but if people went in later and added things like, quote, in Ephesus, could non-believers use that to say, who's to say that they didn't add other stuff to fit what they wanted? And, and un unbelievers do claim that. Um, and uh, uh, from time to time, somebody does add something into a text um there's I, I got to go it's the smithsonian museum i got to go see codex w uh it's named codex w because it's in washington dc it's a fifth century if i remember correctly document and written in greek and it is the only manuscript that has a certain statement in mark 16 and in, it has the apostles saying in Mark 16, basically, well, you kind of need to excuse us because we live in a day of darkness. No other Bible in the world, uh, manuscript in the world had that, but that one has. It. So yeah, people could do that, but that's one of the things about manuscripts. We've got so many manuscripts and so early manuscripts that we can go back and, and, and study these things. Uh, but yes, unbelievers will claim that, but when you start looking at it, it's very impressive. Uh, in fact, that, that's a whole nother study. So maybe we'll do a study on that one time. One of my favorite ways to illustrate that is to look at Isaiah 53. When the King James Bible was written, our oldest copy of Isaiah in Hebrew was from around 1000 AD. Now we've got a copy of Isaiah from well before Jesus's time. And it's amazing when you read Isaiah 53, how word for word it is, mm. you know, and you might, one of them might say the, and the other doesn't say the, or something like that. It's, it's really interesting. We can do that another time, but I've got a slow start. I need to speed up here because we still need to get to the second letter to the layout. It seems uh, so and we're going to see Holly's point here coming up soon. So let's do this real quick. Paul said to the Thessalonians, the Philippians and Galatians, et cetera, he said things like this to the Galatians. I'm afraid I labored over you in vain. You know, you know, it was because of a bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to first of you. You know, you would have gouged out your eyes, personal references to the Philippians. Uh, I thank my God because your partnership from the first day until now, and you always obeyed not only in my presence, mm -hmm but much more in my absence. The things that you received and heard and saw in me, uh, the conflict you saw in me, et cetera, to the Thessalonians, you know what kind of men we proved to be among you. You know yourselves, brother, that our coming to you was not in vain. We did not use words of flattery as a pretext for greed. We were gentle among, you know, remember brothers, our labor and toil. We worked night and day to not be a burden on any of you. You know, it, when we were with you, lots of personal references, uh, Corinthians, uh, I didn't baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius. Uh, I preached to you without charge, etc., etc. Then to Romans and Colossians, we know he was never there. 
because to the Romans, he said, I, he wants to now at last succeed in coming to you. I don't want you to be unaware. I've often intended to come to you, but have been thus far prevented. So often I've been hindered from coming to you. I've longed for many years to see you. He hadn't been there. He knew people from there because they went back and forth like a clone Priscilla, but he'd never been there. And to the Colossians, look what he says. We heard of your faith. You learned it from Epaphras. See, he didn't start the Colossian church. They learned the gospel from Epaphras. Paul only heard of their faith. I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and those at Thess Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face. So Paul has never seen the Colossians face to face, the whole church, and he's never seen the Laodiceans face to face. In this general letter here, he says, have this read by the Laodiceans and you read the letter from them. Now, look at the letter that we call Ephesians. After spending three years with the Ephesians, and when in Acts 20, he says things like, you know how I lived among you. That's when he's talking to Ephesians. But when he's talking to the, when he writes the book we call Ephesians, he says in chapter one that he's heard of their faith. And he says in chapter three, if you've heard of the dispensation given to me. Is that how Paul would speak to people he had spent three years with? No, not necessarily. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, he also, go ahead, Jonathan. Yeah. He also says in chapter four, um, whenever he's talking about uh, the difference between how the Gentiles respond and, and how they live and how they should be living, he says the Gentiles are living in their own sensual desires. But in chapter four, verse 20, he says, that's not the way you learned Christ in verse 21, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as is the truth in Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Would, would Paul say that to people he spent three years with? No. So Ephesians is apparently not written to Ephesus. Now, it might not be Laodiceans. One theory is that it was a circular letter written to, you know, uh, churches around Ephesus. And so maybe it went to Ephesus and these other churches. That would explain why the name Ephesus gets attached to it, but it was a general letter, you know, to a broader group of people meant to be a circular letter. That's possible. Uh, or you know what else is possible? We know Paul wrote a letter to the Laodiceans. We know he never was at Laodicea. And when we read the book we call Ephesians, which is apparently not to the Ephesians, it says things like, I've heard of your faith and if you've heard of, of my work. So guess what Ephesians might be? The letter to the Laodiceans? Yeah, it, it might be the letter to the Laodiceans. Um, and so it, as it says here, I've heard of your faith. I don't cease to give thanks for you in my prayers. Uh, I, a prisoner, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me, uh, when you read this, you can perceive my insight. Uh, and so where was it to? Somewhere in that area, it might have been Laodicea. And we've got just a few minutes. I hope we've got a few minutes. What time is it? Yeah, we got a few minutes here. Uh, I wouldn't go slow at the beginning. 
I'm sorry, we should have had more time for this, but let's quickly. Do you have a minute just to review that? Yeah. Well, you talked about the, the, the saints at Ephesus, the name is there in, in our translations. Just someone just asked the question, he came in late, but he said, doesn't it say that the saints which are at Ephesus? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the majority of manuscripts in the later manuscripts say at Ephesus in Ephesians 1.1. But if you look in your Bible, you will see a footnote. The earliest manuscripts do not say at Ephesus in the original manuscript. So P46 didn't say at Ephesus. When Sinaiticus was written, it didn't say at Ephesus. When Vat Codex Vaticanus was written, it didn't say at Ephesus. It just said the saints. It said to the saints, but it doesn't say at Ephesus. And so it was added later. But And again, that's not a strong sure. argument, as you said, but what you're talking about now is the way he was addressing them appears to be a stronger argument. Yeah, because, I mean, it, you, you could have had that phrase out there and it still could have been to Ephesus. But when you read the letter, and in, again, look at the contrast. Galatians, Thessalonians, uh, Corinthians, numerous references to when I was with you, when I was with you. In Ephesus, completely barren of any of that. Uh, Ephesians. Instead, it says, I've heard of your faith, and if you've heard of the stewardship given to me. Mm. And, and so it appears to be written to people he has not seen face to face. And Laodiceans was written to people he had not seen face to face. So it may be Laodiceans. Um, so what we've established so far was that it's not the Latin fake one. It may be that we just don't have the epistle to Laodiceans. And maybe what we call Ephesians was a general circular letter, and so that's why it's not a lot of personal references. Or it may be that it is to the group that he had not seen that he wrote the letter to that he refers to in Colossians chapter 4. Uh, but let's get quickly now to this part. Why did we say we're going to talk about the epistles to the Laodiceans? We may have Paul's letter to Laodicea under the name Ephesians, but we do have Revelation chapter 3. And so we have this here, and I'm going to just quickly read it and then have you guys comment on it. And I'm sorry we didn't get, uh, I went slow. Okay, Revelation 3, letters to the seven churches, to the angel of the church in Laodicea. This is a few years later. The words of the amen, the faithful true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works, you're neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. Because you are lukewarm, neither hot, hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I've prospered, I need nothing, not realizing you're wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy me gold, refine my fire, so you may become rich. White garments, so that you may clothe yourselves. And the shame of your nakedness may not be seen. And salve to anoint your eyes, so you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him, he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on the throne as I also conquered, sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. That's probably one of the so shortest really letters to any of the churches. <laughs> yeah, really quick before we talk about that, um, Holly uh, also asked about the uh, letter uh, to the Laodiceans mentioned in Colossians. Uh, what about the idea that Tychicus delivered the letter? 
Um, and oh, yeah. there is that common thing at the end of Ephesians and Ephesians chapter six, and also in Colossians chapter four, it seems to be that both of those letters were delivered by Tychicus. Yes, so. that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so with this letter, um, that's written, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you can learn from it. Um, one thing, man, the church at Laodicea needed to wake up. <laughs> Apparently they had a lot of issues, a lot of problems. But one thing that I would just point out, um, that I think is really, I think helpful to see and also to apply to ourselves is it seems like the problem, um, especially in verse 18, uh, over 17 and 18, the, the main problem that was happening at Laodicea is they didn't realize their pitiful situation. Um, in verse 17, they say, I'm rich, I've prospered, I need nothing. And they don't realize they're wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Um, and that's something that can happen so easily, not just in like churches in general, but in our personal lives also, where we think we're great, we think we're good, we think we don't need anything, we haven't committed anything wrong, we're, we're perfect. And it's so easy to see how other people fail, but not how we're failing. And the instructions that Jesus gives to a church that's like that in verse 18 is to buy from him gold refined by fire so that he, they can be rich, uh, buy from him white garments so they can clothe themselves of their shame and get salve to anoint their eyes so that they can see. Um, what Jesus instructs a, a church like that and people like that to do are to open up their eyes and come to their senses and realize that they're not perfect and they have things that they need to fix and change um, as well. So. I think that's important to realize and kind of scary to see that that can happen individually, but also to a whole church if we're not careful and on, and on the alert. Amen. There's some interesting details too about that, that he refers to. They are rich with Jonathan. You just mentioned they consider themselves rich. And I would assume that means in a material sense that they're prospered materially. And didn't you didn't you tell us we were talking earlier this morning when you mentioned it, that at that time, that town, that city was considered wealthy. Scott? Oh, very well. Yeah. Yeah. By secular history, we I'm talking about. Yeah. Tacitus, the Roman historian mentions that they were destroyed by an earthquake around I forgot what year, but they they turned down any aid from Rome and rebuilt from their own wealth. Hmm. So they were, it's kind of like this. I don't need anything. I can take care of myself. I've got all money. They were also famous for their wool and uh, for clothing. They were almost famous, famous for uh, uh, Phrygian powder that was used for an eye salve. And so there's kind of a point here to these words. It's like... Hmm. You know, you think you got all this wealth, you don't have what you really need. You think you're clothed so well, yeah, spiritually you're naked. You know, you 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 need you need to get a better eye medicine. Go ahead, John. Um, and just uh, follow up to to Holly's question. You mind if I share screen, Scott? Oh, sure. Let me click out here. All right, go ahead. Uh, Holly asked a follow-up question uh, about Tychicus delivering the letter to Colossae. Wouldn't he be closer to Ephesus so he could deliver both an Ephesian letter and Colossian letter? I assume that's what you mean. Um, here's a map of just, this is just the seven churches that are written to in chapter two and three of Revelation. Um, so Colossian, Colossae isn't one of those. The ones that are in red are the seven churches, but Laodicea is right here. Colossi is right here and Ephesus is over on the coast. So Laodicea and Colossi were very, very close together. I think Scott mentioned that early on, uh, maybe about five or 10 miles apart, um, something like that. Yeah, very good. And Tychicus delivered both of them because in both, in what well, if Laodiceans is Ephesians, the book we call Ephesians, he says, 
and my parents Tychicus will make known to you. And in Colossians, same thing. My parents Tychicus will make known to you because he's the guy bringing the letter. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Anything else? I think that's it. So thank you guys. Thank you, Scott, for uh, that uh, presentation for us and to our audience for uh, participation and questions that you guys have. If y'all have any other questions that you'd like us to talk about on the show, you can submit those to us at biblequest.org uh, and we'll be happy to get to those in our future shows. But that's all we have for this week. So we'll see you all next th next Tuesday, Lord willing. <laughs>